1: Is going on, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X Cast, your home for all things <laughs> Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by one of my gaming dads and an awesome panel of Kind of Funny members because we got a video game to review. We're talking all things redfall during this episode. But before we get into that review, let's go around the table. Paris Lily, how are you today,
2: my friend? I'm doing fantastic. It is always a good show when I can have one Andy and Greg here with me. And, of course, you, Mike, because you make everything awesome.
1: Oh, thanks, Paris. It's great to have you back. We got a big week, you and I. Two episodes this week, of course. We're giving everybody the Red Fall and then a very special episode on Wednesday. Posting Thursday. We'll give you more details about that later on in the week. But we got two awesome panel hosts with us. Greg Miller, welcome. This is a game just for you, big dog. I'm telling you, I'm excited to talk Redfall with you, Mike. Yep, yep, yep. When I think of Greg, I think of fun co-op actions getting lost in a world together, and I sucking feel like blood. It's just <laughs> blood sucking. Arcane tried to deliver that, and we're going to talk about that, which is pretty exciting. Andy Cortez, of course, you are a first-person shooter expert. This team is dipping their toes into a first-person shooter. Um, of course, how are you today?
3: I'm doing great, Mike. I, I had such a good laugh earlier because I've been playing this game on PC. And having Mike walk up to my my computer and go, "This is a you're you're not playing the same game I am." What the hell? Is, what the hell is this? He's like, "You look like a nutcase moving so fast. It's moving too fast."
1: Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Of course, I played on the Xbox Series X, which is locked at thirties. Andy is over there playing on PC, getting all the frames, and it looked like a different game. But I'm going to tell you all about that in just a moment because today we have our Redfall review and impressions from the team right here. And then, of course, after that, I got a very special interview for all of you. Myself and Paris Lilly sat down with the team from Turn 10 Studios to talk about Forza Motorsports. Yeah. And now they're making that the most accessible Sports the game to date, so there's a really cool interview going to be put on at the end of this show. But let's jump into it because, of course, this is the kind of funny Xcast we post each and every Thursday. But today, a special one at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and of course on podcast services around the globe. Don't forget, kind of funny is now Epic Games partners, which means you can help support the team in a brand new way if you go on over to the Epic Games store if you upgrade your look in Fortnite. Rocket League, and or Fall Guys, please use our epic creator code, Funny at checkout to help support the team. And talking about support, we always love to thank those who support us over on patreon.com slash kindoffunny and patreon.com slash games Of course, you could be watching the show live or you could be one of our Patreon producers for the month of May, just like Delaney Twining. Thank you so much Woo-hoo. for your support. This week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by Honey and Rocket Money but I'll tell you about that in just a little bit Guys, let's jump into it Of course, Kane Austin Here with a brand new game It's Redfall, it is time to talk about One of the big first party titles From Xbox and Bethesda Dropping this year I'm going to go around the room, let's give our short Of course, impressions and review We'll go to the kind of funny Five point scale review Personally, I'll start with you Give me your quick thoughts on Redfall <sighs> Oh, no!
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is a two out of five. Bad! Um, That's a bad on the kind of funny scale. Yes, and it's unfortunate that I have to say that. Um, I I did walk away from this disappointed, and to keep this short and sweet, I played this across PC and the Xbox Series X, so um, I feel I got the full experience. um, I think in total, I'm mid-20s at this point, maybe about a good 25 hours into playing Redfall. And just overall, it's a great concept, it's a great idea of what Arcane was trying to pull off, but there's just so many things that didn't quite land. And when you total it all together, this, this is not an experience that I can recommend to people to wanna go play. I feel for what this studio is and for the DNA that they have, this does not represent what I thought it was. And maybe this is just a a personal preference on on my point. But like I said, I I walked away disappointed. Um, There's some technical issues. There's some game design issues here. There's some storytelling issues here that combined just is not an experience that I would expect from Arcane and being what this game is supposed to be you know this four-player co-op experience that is Redfall, and i'm sure we'll get a deeper dive into it but ultimately I, I land on two out of five
1: we're gonna go deeper is right greg miller why don't you kick me off what are your quick initial thoughts on this game
4: uh quick initial thoughts as you know you said at the top right this is a greg miller ass game mm-hmm. uh you went to the co-op part of it but for me as somebody who loves uh or really enjoyed dead island 2 loves far cry loves the, the looting of fallout, the going through, checking every brief, briefcase, doing everything, love, death loop, etc. so on, all these different things, right? I want to sit here and tell you that Paris is wrong, but in my, I think I'm the shortest uh, in terms of time played, five hours with the game, I 100% agree with him. I'm five hours in, and I think this is a two out of five. I think this is a bad game. And what I mean by that on the kind of funny scale, which is always a fun discussion, right, is that... I would never recommend this game to anybody. It's not bad as in I'm falling through the floor. Oh, my God, I can't believe it's a buggy mess, yada, yada it's a game that just misses a lot of the swings it takes. And we're going to get into that, I think today, but for me, it's not a game I would recommend to even somebody like me that enjoys going slowly through a world and getting every little thing and upgrading and doing the skills and yada, yada, yada. for a number of reasons we'll tackle, but everything Paris said, I echo that. I just don't think it works uh, on a gameplay perspective, a story perspective, a world perspective. And that's a heartbreaker. Cause I was really looking
1: forward to this. Andy Cortez two, two out of five so far from the panel. Where do you fall on your quick? review
3: uh i'd give this a three out of five i don't think that this game does anything whenever we talk about some of our middling reviews on our marvel cinematic universe movie watch list and we're reviewing those movies it's like this movie doesn't do anything offensively bad to me to where i'm getting like frustrated in moments this this game is just kind of pretty unremarkable uh, and I was talking to Barrett earlier, and I think uninspired is kind of 100%. a really great word yeah. for it. It's uh, it's a paint-by-numbers open-world game, and it has kind of a, a, a decent enough loop to where I'd say if you have Game Pass, try it out with friends, because sure. of the four, three hours or whatever me and Mike got to play last night, I had some good fun with it. I think it is because I'm... a I'm usually a player who gets very scared with scary games, and I think it's thrilling enough to where, like, these vampires do kind of freak me out. And the way they move and stuff, and I I find, like, the keyboard mouse shooting to be decent enough, some bugaboos here and there with sort of um, how aiming works out. But I think the game is, like, fine enough. I don't think it does anything too badly or too—it just doesn't do anything remarkable that you would say— Yeah, this is a pretty generic-looking game, but this is a really cool system. Mm -hmm. I just think it's okay overall. What about you, Mike?
1: Yeah, I'm actually right there with you, Andy. It's funny enough, I've been the harshest critic on Redfall since it was shown last summer, and I've been telling the guys I think I'm down on this. Actually playing through my 15 hours plus right now, I've come around to finding the fun in it and enjoying it. I'm giving it a 3 out of 5 okay. I can definitely lean towards that 2 out of 5 scale on this because there's some good... And there's some bad in this game. And I think uninspired is the word, Andy, Greg, and Paris. I think the issue that I have is they're dipping their toe into this open world game. And it is so repetitive. It is missing yes. the wow That's factor. There's moments where you run around this world and go, what is there to do? Where am I supposed to go? What, what exciting things can I find? And there's nothing. There's literally
4: about- a mission of, hey, go put this on this grave. Yeah. And you grab it, and I, I played it alone. We just played it together, even though mm-hmm. I bailed because you asked for exploring. Uh, I played it alone two days ago over the weekend, right? And I grabbed the thing, started it up, l- went outside, ran there, put the thing down, and fast-traveled back to the
1: location. Yeah. The mission was over. I'm like, what the fuck was this? Where's the fun in this game? Yeah, we talk about we talk about that in the open world. And it reminded me of Halo Infinite, right? Like this team trying something different and clearly not recognizing what needs to be done to keep the fun Multiple hours in. And as Andy said, it gets really repetitive. Every single safe house has the exact same mission, no matter what world you're in from world one to world two. It is, hey, do this one mission where you go to a tree or an altar, you're going to burn it. And then guess what? You fast travel back. We're going to give you the underboss, you're going to kill it, and then you're going to move on. And it is really sad to see that, like, the fun aspect from there was just not captured from this team. I think the world is cool looking. They did a good job at like making it feel like it has some depth and some love to it. But when it comes to gameplay, man, oh, man, you're going to be doing the same thing over and over this again. This is
4: a choose your own adventure on what part I want to jump on, right? Yeah. So for me, it would be like, I feel like you, you said there, you know, you do love the world and it is interesting or whatever. I didn't get the interest from it. And I feel like no. that was a miss for me because it is a good looking world in stills. We can talk about 30 frames a second and yeah, how yeah. hard that is in 2023. But in terms of a color palette, a style, a stylistic mm-hmm. choice, I did vibe with that. But in terms of running around the world, I kept waiting to fall in love with it like I did the world of Deathloop, and I never did. And it was that idea of like, I'm picking up notes, but even this, it's like not a fleshed out thing. The fact that they went with this, again, artistic choice, but I also think it's a choice because of probably trying to turn the game around of, you know, the cut scenes you're getting being like really Cinematic art. I don't know how you would describe that. You're a smarter artist than me, right? They're not cutscenes. They are. Yeah, they are images like, that move in like rotoscope or 3D or whatever. They are
3: animatics. It's essentially, uh, and I think it's a pretty smart way of doing it because I prefer that to the usual sort of 2D sketches of when people maybe maybe devs don't want to put a whole lot of budget into real time cutscenes sure. that are fully animated. It is essentially your 3D models in real time. So if I'm with Mike uh, in our co-op game, we look the way we currently do. Which is cool. Because of all the gear that we have equipped. And then essentially, it's your characters kind of doing a pose while there's narration. And then a free camera is kind of moving through that world, which I find a lot more interesting and cool than just like usually when this happens, when you aren't getting a real full-time cutscene, you are getting a a 2D sketch of something that might be moving a little bit. I prefer this way a lot. I don't know why... More studios haven't really done something like that.
4: For me, though, the storytelling (laughs) never made me care about the characters, whether it was my own or my surrounding group. Like, that just didn't work for me. It was like, not only did I not feel connected to them, I didn't even feel like they were... Trying to do anything special. We talked a lot about Dead Island 2. We just reviewed that right on yeah. the Gamescast. And that was one where it was like, oh, I wish they would have hammed it up more. I wish they would have done this. There was still identity to these characters, even if I didn't think they nailed that. Whereas this one is just like, right, you're the ammo lady. I don't know your name. What's the thing? Let's go. what's uh, I find a note. Let's go do this thing. And it is all fetch quest. It is, here's the thing. I went and did the thing. I can fast travel right back and t- turn it in. And so they're walking this weird line of, which is interesting because like, you know, when it comes to us, it's like, hey, you know what? There is arcane storytelling in this. It'll be best with a single, it'd be single player or a co-op, but you can jump with your friends and be crazy. The game seems designed to be, the four of you are in there and none of you are paying attention to the yes. story. Just go through and do
1: it. Yeah, Paris, I want to bring you in and then we'll yeah. we'll get to the goods and the bads because I think there's some goods to highlight. There's a lot of bads that we should identify, but Paris, tell me what you got.
2: Yeah, for me, the moment that it clicked, everything that Greg and Andy were just saying is spot on. I think the uninspired uh, quote really hits home here because the thing that I was like, wait a minute, this, I'm, I'm not having fun with this is when I realized that the loot doesn't matter. When you know i'm a big destiny guy obviously part of destiny what makes destiny is great is that carrot on the stick and you're chasing these new weapon drops and things like that um one early on boss that you take out is the rook right and he drops this special shotgun and i realized that shotgun was no damn different than any other shotgun that i've gotten i mean there's different varieties of shotguns but as far as it making an impact into me progressing through the world the, these weapons were very vanilla in that way. They, they weren't doing anything. I wasn't excited to go on some mission and go, man, if I get this weapon from this vampire, when that drops, oh, it's on. Like, I, I I didn't have that excitement. Like you said, it's a bunch of fetch quests. I, I, nothing's truly happening that is grabbing me when when I'm I'm doing any of these missions. I would say another, and I know we're gonna get into the bad, but I'll just say this one thing and then we'll move on, is... The the vampire nest, when we went to the, did the whole preview coverage, right? And we got this early snapshot of, of how things were working. That's what really interested me to think, okay, let's see how this progresses beyond what we saw of this this early vertical slice of what we played. That was my, all my 20 plus hour experience was what I played in that first hour during that preview. Nothing really changed beyond that. And that's when I just realized this this is just simply not not a good game. It's, it's just not. And ultimately, it's a disappointment for me.
4: And I feel like that's one of the reasons I'm, like, solidified here. And I think usually I might temper my review a bit more. Mm-hmm. I only played five hours, yada, yada. But it's the fact that even those five hours, like, hour two was yeah. like, oh, all right, yeah. yeah, I'll run across the map and do this thing again. I'll go do that.
1: Yeah, I was going to tell our audience when we have this conversation is, if you get past the first world boss, that's where you should probably play to that first vampire boss. Then you're going to know this sure. is the game for you or not, right? Like, the first boss has a very cool situation, a really cool set piece, and then after that, you know exactly the game you're going to get. It is going to be that... For another 20 hours afterwards. So you really got to make the judgment call. But I would say get to that first vampire boss. See the cool set piece. And then after that you could drop off of this real quick. Because it is going to be very much the same. But great initial thoughts right here guys. And a good conversation starter. Of course here on the Kind of Funny Axe Cast. We like to highlight the fun and the good in the game. And that's why I want to start. Because I know we're going to have a lot of critiques and bad. Let's talk about the good really quick. Because there is some good in this. I want to highlight the gunplay. I am impressed with the gunplay coming from this team. Right. Mm -hmm. I. I definitely agree with Paris on the guns themselves, but when we talk about the gunplay moment to moment, feeling that sniper or that assault rifle in your hand, the UV beam actually, you know, petrifying those um, vampires, I thought it was a ton of fun, and I was impressed. I, I had my doubts that this team could deliver a good first-person shooter game, and it, it's there. The groundwork is there for sure. See, I go the
4: opposite, where that's actually on my my cons. I, I thought that yeah. when I was I was at lunch with Tim today, and he was t- talking a little bit, I was like, the gunplay reminds me of fallout where it doesn't feel mm. like this is what it was designed behind now to everything you just yeah, yeah. said. I am very much a, Hey, this system works. I'm not going to deviate from it. So I'm using a pistol. I'm using a shotgun and I'm using a stake gun. And so, like, I have a UV beam, but I've kept it in my back in case I need it, right? Yeah. I have an assault rifle, but I've kept it in the bag because, again, this is working. So, for me, it feels so stiff going with the pistol, let alone the fact that the game doesn't encourage me to use other weapons. Because the pistol is. I walk in and, like, I think the problem for me is that so many of the problems I have with Redfall so far are layered on top of each other. So... I don't enjoy the gunplay, but I also think it might be marred by the fact that I think the AI is so bad. Oh, so it's, it I walk in, right? And, it's like, and then what a heartbreaker to say that an arcane game has bad AI. What I, you wanted me to jump into how disappointed I am in the stealth right now. I can do that too. But like, right now, just for gunplay, you walk in, right, and it's in this mate, first area, it is either going to be vampires or it's going to be these cultists. And these cultists are out patrolling and doing their thing. The fact that like early on, I was trying to stealth them. I was trying to do all this stuff. And then finally, when I realized what was going on, I just go in their guns blazing and they come and they run and they miss and they shoot and I'm using a pistol and I'm using it basically like I'm using a sniper rifle where they're down, I don't even know, 50 meters we'll say and I'm not good with meters but we'll say 50 meters and they're shooting at me with a shotgun so they're not hitting me so I'm just going and then like somebody gets close so I kind of strafe around a tree and shoot them that way and I was just like, This feels stiff like Fallout felt, and I'm talking like Fallout 3 felt in my mind, not what it actually probably feels like, but what I remember for, right? And the shotgun was there to get things done. The stake gun, you know, to Andy's point of like the vampires are just scary enough. Again, with how bad the AI is, once I understood who these vampires were, it was over. It was just game over for them, because it would be, they're there floating in the sky. All right, bring out the stake gun, shoot them once, they drop, I run up, I stake them in the heart. Some bosses require a few more stakes, but run backwards, move a little to the left, move a little to the right. When they, ju- ju- it was like, and not, they don't even have a dash or dodge so far. Maybe that unlocks her later on, even though the skill tree didn't apply. Like I'm disappointed by combat overall and gunplay is part of that. But again, it might be AI, it might be systems.
1: No, I don't think you're wrong with the AI at all, Greg. For sure, that's going to be a highlight. What about something fun from you, Andy, that you enjoyed?
3: Um, I, I finally started to see more of the, uh, the systems of getting into interiors. But that's something that I kind of had an issue
4: Scaffolders with. Scaffolders are the good uh, yeah. things outside through the glass.
3: When we first tested it, uh, when we first had that little preview event, Mike, I was just like, why Why are so many of these houses not like, why can't I get into them? I, I thought that was like a big part of arcane gameplay. And this time around, I am seeing a lot more in these areas where there are, uh, you know, the lockpick downstairs or the upstairs, there's a window you can break through. And I... I I do appreciate uh sort of the openness and freedom of that. And you will find loot and you will find uh more more weapons to use. Maybe you find that better sniper you've been looking for because you're still stuck on a level four sniper, but it was a really good purple one at the time, but now you're looking to upgrade. So like it kind of just has those those samey kind of hooks you'd expect out of what kind of what I enjoy in Far Cry, right? Um, but there's still parts of Far Cry that I'm like. I'm waiting for the next evolution of this gameplay and for this to kind of deliver a very vanilla version of far cry for me. That's, that is one of the bummers. I love the art style. I love the sort of stylization of it. Um, I think it's, um, it's performing really well on PC so far, surprisingly, but again, it is using DLSS three and that gives me an extra frame. So it's like, I'm, I'm having a great time playing it right now, but not everybody has those GPUs. Not everybody has those graphics cards. So other people on PCs with uh, less lesser than machines may be struggling a bit to kind of hit that 60 frame cap that they've been wanting to hit.
1: Paris, tell me something good that you liked out of this one.
2: Yeah. So two things Uh, to go off of what Andy was just talking about. I, I love the art style. I actually love the, the level design of what is the town of Redfall. Like it, it, does beg you to want to go explore it um again i'll stick to the good i I love (laughs) that right because i do have some some more comments on that in in a second the other good is actually from a technical standpoint being able to so to kind of give you a backdrop the, the initial code i got was on steam so i was playing on steam but then i realized wait my progression and everything won't carry over the xbox i want to play on console and i was telling you this offline mike so then when i got the xbox code I literally just stopped everything I was doing on Steam, started completely over, and started playing on the Xbox app on PC, which again has all the PC features, DLSS3, all of that. All that was fine. But then I was able to seamlessly take progression, everything I was doing, hop on my Series X, play on there. All right, let me go back to the PC, was able to bounce back and forth between that. So from a technical standpoint of what Xbox is trying to do with with all of their initiatives, work flawlessly. No issues with that at all. Being able to, you know, jump into a co-op match, you know, through through the system, all that worked fine. No, no issues with that at all. Um, but for the game itself, I mean, the good of it is what Arcane was attempting to do with creating the world of Redfall and having the ability to go around and explore it, go inside the vampire nest, go inside the different houses. I, look, shout out to the art team and just the level of detail for a lot of the little things that you will see while you're going through the world. Um, one slight negative, but part of the issue is there's just not enough activity happening in the world, which which I think is a little unfortunate.
3: Uh, oh, I do want to shout yeah. out the the ease of multiplayer. I, I thought that uh, that's just something I'm used to games having issues with on day one, right? You yeah. know, why can't, are you in my game? Oh, you're in here, but it hasn't started for you. What's going on here? I felt like it was pretty simple for Mike to invite me. Now, we're, let's see, let, You want to talk about it? Because we're going I mean, to talk about it. You want to talk about We're going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about multiplayer. I mean, it comes right? with caveats. Right? Are you talking oh, about
1: yeah. pro or con, though? Well, I'm going to talk a little bit of pro, a lot of con. It, it,
3: it comes with caveats in that. The um, you can't just invite somebody. You have to like go back to the main menu and host a session. Mm -hmm. You can't just drop in and drop out, right? And dropping out does cause the host (laughs) game to eventually reset. Yeah. And those are issues that in 2023 is kind of wild. But I think that all goes kind of right hand in hand with the uh with this whole kind of seamless um not not seamless, but the what's the word they're talking about? Untethered, thank you, Barrett. The untethered co op thing where, sure, you're not keeping progression in your world, and this isn't going towards your save. You are leveling up here, but you all can go do whatever you want. You aren't going to be pulling each other to each other's mission. But it's
1: still so tethered.
3: and it's They still, say that, but it is.
4: well. And like I, when I was in the firehouse trying to get my ammo today, you guys right. like, Andy yells at me because we we're in different rooms.
1: Greg, come upstairs. I'm like, yeah. why? Can't they, you start the mission? I mean, no. All right. Yeah. They <laughs> say untethered, meaning we can run in the world away from each other as far as you want. That's great. But I can't go into a vampire nest without you. I can't select a mission without you. I can't go into an instance without you being right there. Which right. is, if you're going to promote that, like you got to figure that out. It's 2023. we got to figure out a better way in co-op games.
3: hundred percent, yeah. I guess I was just shouting out the fact that I was able to be in your game and it wasn't dropping. Yeah. Like, when Blessing and I, thinking back to when Blessing and I played Returnal co-op, and I was like, oh man, this is really, really framey when you're playing co-op. And then I showed Blessing the way the game usually runs. He was like, oh, shit, That's, this looks like really impressive when you're not playing co-op on PC. So just the fact that I was able to enter your game, I know it's the, it's the smallest, most easiest ask. Have a friend be able to join your game. And that part worked, so shout out to them for getting but that. But this
4: is us <laughs> sifting through the cons for a pro. We're, 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 we're going
3: yeah. yeah. to talk about the
1: cons.
4: Let me give you one pro, because you asked. I, the, I, okay, give me I a pro. conned your pro, yeah, yeah. so I want to uh-huh. give you a real pro. Yeah, yeah, pro. As somebody who does love scavenging and looting, I'm a big fan of loot, and not in the Destiny loot shirt, sure, but I mean like, oh, I got I got a fucking piece of glass, and I'm going to turn into one. Like, I appreciated in this one the system they have for paying for everything in the world, right, where it's basically a goodwill system where you're out, you are collecting stuff out of trunk and all these different things and whatever you're getting whether it be toilet paper or some kind of food or whatever goes into gets put into a numeral basically that's like your goodwill currency yeah. Then when you come back you can spend on a gun you can spend on med packs you can oh. spend on lock I was like that is a really cool way to encourage me to go through everything rather than the other games we play where you're doing it but I, Dead Island, again, as a con, right? I'm going, I'm getting you know, I got some adhesive, a scissors or yeah. whatever the fuck. I don't care about any of this shit until I'm trying to craft. And then I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, where is the adhesive? What do I
1: need to get? And a big win on that, So I'm going to come to you. A big win on that is don't have to worry about it in your inventory, right? Yeah. You can pick up yeah. all this stuff and it's not, oh, I got to go back to base and sell it all. Oh, I'm over encumbered. It is just pick it up, you, are, you got it. And you're that's done. another good thing I about it too, that. right?
4: Especially for as many guns as you're getting, even though I agree with Ke- uh, Paris that they don't matter. Uh, the fact that it's not, oh, I'm going to hold on to this one to sell it. It's just, you break it all down. Break Get it, it all down. It. it goes yeah. in that resource total and you can spend it whenever you want
2: to. Paris, I want to go to you. What do you got for me? Well, well actually, uh, it, are we going to transition? Yeah, into we're going to transition. Break, right? Let's right kick now, the shit uh, out of this game. I <laughs> want to say, my, my highlight
1: is co-op. Just like Andy said, I think this game is much better co-op. There's definitely some flaws to the co-op experience that I have that we're going to talk about negatives. But when you play with the crew, it is a much better experience. It is more fun. But now as we segue into the bads, the critiques that we have about this game, it's 2023. The co-op experience is unacceptable to have just the host progress and have my (laughs) friends come into their game and waste their time with nothing progressing besides their level and their guns, right? Like that cannot be happening in 2023. We're beyond that at this point, right? So for me to back out of my game, go to host the game, Reinvite my friends, start the game, have this world that is untethered, but it is tethered because now I need you to stand next to me to start the mission, to go do this, right? There's so many hurdles to jump, to get to the fun in the co-op experience. And then the idea of, Oh, Andy just left the game. The game just turned itself off. I'm back to the main menu. Let me just continue to play, go into this jump in, jump no out world out. that we yeah, always drop, drop promote. Out. Right. And yeah. so, co-op there's a lot of good but there's a lot of bad and we talked about this many of times on the x cast of hey what they're doing co-op wise is not what the players want and i think they're going to hear that loud in the front uh another bad for me that i want to talk about is technical issues i know we're going to talk about frame rates but man oh man there is a lot of pop in there is vampires that are half stuck in the wall yeah there's moments where the coolest part about this game which is staking a vampire in the heart quickly just goes into a stutter fest and drop in frames where it does not feel good or look good. You're playing, and this was on your X? This is on Xbox Series uh-huh. X. Andy and I, when he joined me on on co-op, all of a sudden, missions would not progress because things wouldn't pop into the world. Button inputs were getting deleted where I couldn't yes. bring up my menu. I couldn't crouch. I couldn't melee. <laughs> couldn't melee. On top of that, we fought a world boss, one of the biggest situations in the game, and man, oh man, that thing dropped frames left and right right it became an unplayable mess where it took the wow factor of the first time i played solo to me and andy getting working our way to get to this boss and fighting it where it was like that sucked that experience was bad yeah and so i do want to highlight that on my side paris
2: so yeah, let, let me jump in here because you, you're you actually checking all the boxes of a lot of stuff that I was gonna talk about from a technical standpoint. Yeah, just the, the texture pop in and everything that was happening, completely unacceptable on PC, by the way, not just on Xbox, but two things I wanna highlight. So it, like like you've said a million times, Mike, just the whole progression, the host and all that, we've always been very skeptical of that and now seeing it in action, not a fan of it at all so let me give you this scenario there is one and i won't spoil it other than to say there's a key i needed to do a thing in my solo match that wasn't there it just wasn't there i do it in a co-op match it's there but guess what i don't take that progression with me back to my solo match so what's the point oh and by the way it's still not there so in a way it's like a game breaking bug that i would literally have to completely start over if i want to progress through that particular thing so it's like now what i can't even even if i do it in co-op it really doesn't matter ultimately so you're
3: fully locked out of a a whole mission structure
2: and wow gone can't can't do it um my one of the gripes and we were talking about this at the time when it happened on xcast and i and i think we're all pretty you know pretty 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 definitive in how we felt about it and seeing it in action. So playing on PC, to Andy's point, I'm on a you know high-end GPU, high frames, fine. I then went to the Xbox Series X. It was like I was swimming in mud trying to play at 30 frames. And, I, and, and look, I eventually got used to it, but it goes back to the, to the thing again. Why are we doing this in 2023? This type of game, that is a "quote unquote" next gen only game, it did it. It's basically shipped feature incomplete, and I I just think that's an issue. I do. I understand there will be people that will play it on Series X and go, "Oh, it's fine. I'm playing at 30." But what, look, once you get a taste of it at a higher frame, and then you come back down to 30, it just it doesn't feel right. And and why are we? even having to do that because what does xbox promote again play wherever the hell you want right so i'm playing wherever the hell i want i'm having one experience on on one hardware device and i'm having a less than superior experience on the console that should be able to do what i'm replicating or, or replicate what i'm doing on the pc and it's it's just unfortunate the in that most way.
3: powerful xbox of all time sort of thing
2: Console. yeah yeah yeah, console, we look at yeah. It that way. so yeah mike you already highlighted a lot of the technical issues that yeah. we've already seen into the pop in the vampire like all, all that stuff all that is these are valid things that again where i get you deleted a year i get we're at this point now where you're like we're not going to delay it anymore and we're putting it out but it distracts away from the experience to have that stuff, and it's it's just unfortunate. And and look, side side note, we obviously are seeing that in other titles as well. I mean, obviously, Jedi Survivor is having similar technical issues. But when you couple that on top of with Jedi Survivor, I was I was having such a great time, I was able to kind of overlook some of the technical issues. Sure. But I'm not having that experience in Redfall, so they they really stand out for this. So again, I I, I I'm tr- I'm trying my best to not be overly negative about this i mean obviously i said it was two out of five and and i i I can't recommend this to someone but man i just it's i i i i'll say this i i i said this already and i'll say it here too for me this is the most disappointing game of 2023 for me because i think my expectations were maybe they were too high And see, Paris,
4: that's where I think you and I are aligned on this, right? Where I can hear it, and you're not, even before you said it, I was about to interrupt you. But like, that's why, like, you're like, oh, I don't want to be too negative. I don't want to It's the personal disappointment in it. Like, this is a game that I saw, and I was like, this looks awesome. I love Mm -hmm. this kind of game. I love fighting zombies. I love the idea of fighting vampires. Like, let's go and do this. And I think. The narrative and it's always fun to record these, not knowing what the rest of the world's going to think. but I think I would assume most reviews will be lined up with us on this in some regard. And I think one of the big if I was putting a strap line on this is this is a game that doesn't understand what this type of game should be in twenty twenty three. We've, we already listed a bunch of different reasons, whether yeah. it be the frame rate, whether it be this, whether it be that, right? And I have so many others listed that all go into the same thing, right? It's like, why is there not a weapon wheel on this? Why is it that I shoot, this, I shoot the vampire to get their stake exposed and then I cycle to my shotgun or I have to cycle to the thing and oh, I went too far, double tap back, blah, blah, blah. It's like, Let me use a wheel, which has been in just about every other game like this before, right? Uh, I personally, I used um, uh, Alicia, what was her name, uh, my character's name? Layla. Layla, Layla. thank you very much. I used her, and I don't like her powers. But the problem was I had already invested hours in by the time I figured that out, and I'm like, I'm not going to go back and do it. I just don't think these powers are fun.
1: Really quick, let's pause on that. Let's talk about that because that was a big one when we went to this preview that the team from Arcane talked with me and Paris and Andy about was using the powers and having that Arcane player agency and choice, right? And that was a big miss for me. I mean, you play as Remy with the robot dog, you either tell it to go forward or you throw a C4. Those are your two options there, right? And, like, I know they want us to play co-op where we all share these things, but playing as that in a single player is boring. There is nothing special to player agency, And even when you're teamed up together, none of these skills mesh together where you're doing anything that goes, wow, this is like Dishonored or this is like Deathloop when we were playing these before, right? The arcane love and care into this is not what you see on display.
4: And so back to my conversation earlier about layers, right? Like Layla's powers are either putting out basically an umbrella-like barrier, right, to absorb damage or she can make a elevator that you can get on or other people can get on right in multiplayer and it shoots you up in the air and in the skill trees are things I think should have been there from the get of I put up the shield and this is in the skill tree I can then absorb damage with it and then when I blast you back you're getting hit with more of that damage the elevator you can get it where uh, a level up on in the skill tree that you get up there you get shot in the air and you're doing more damage from the air. That stuff isn't early. You don't level quickly in this game. So I wasn't like, it was like it, back to per, uh, Paris' thing about like carrot on the end of the stick like Destiny. I was so beaten down. I thought my powers were so weak. I just wasn't using them where I was just like, this is, I don't even want to bother with it. I'll just get, use the gunplay and use the environment and the game around it, mm-hmm. which then takes away from what it's doing, right? And back to something I think Paris started to say, we're still on the same wavelength about this, that I know where he wanted to go with it, but we were still in the pro section. You said, and I wrote it down, right? You were talking about the world is cool and it begs you to explore it, right? The problem is when it begs you to explore it, it never gives you anything to find. Again, you want to talk about the problems with this game. Like, it's cool that every trunk I open goes to the main total it's not cool when I enter into a house and there's nothing of note in this house that I snuck into. It is not cool when like, this is my, my first experiences with the game. I get out of the firehouse, which is your, at least first home major home base before you open up the other side ones. Right. And I go and I, I'm just wandering through the streets. I fought a vampire. Okay, cool. And then there was this group of like seven dudes from the cult in a giant circle, one dude in the center. The others milling about, not like naturally milling around like bad AI of like walking towards each other and then bouncing back and, go, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go take all these guys out and get whatever they're guarding. Cause why the fuck are there seven guys in a circle in a random field or whatever go over there? I'm like, this is arcane. I love how they do stealth in general. Just about every one of their games. I crouch in. I'm like, oh, it's interesting. It's not saying like you're hidden or <laughs> yes. doing anything. I just yeah. crouch. I walk over to them. I get behind the dude. Wait for like the prompt. No, no prompt. No prompt. I'm like, all right, cool. Melee. Goosh, just hit! I punch the dude in the back of the knee and he falls down dead. And I'm Master like, "Are Chief. you fucking Chief kidding me, of, kill yeah. all these dudes in a similar fashion. Probably end up shooting people at the end because it got it went foobar. Get there's nothing there. Why were you here? What were you protecting? Why is the? It's like that isn't fun. And that's the thing over and over with this game,
2: Paris. Yeah, so cuz I started to talk about the vampire nests earlier as as a oh. as something of a disappointment and then I kind of trailed off into something else. My disappointment with that and there's actually two things. There was a technical issue where I cleared like all the vampire nests on the map and then I was doing a mission and and this was on PC. I got a Teams thing and it froze the game and it, it kicked me out. So I was like, okay, fine. I go back, all that progression's gone. Sure. All right. Whatever. But the point is, on the, the vampire nest themselves, I, again, going to that preview, I was really thinking, oh, man, there's going to be some cool nests. You're going to go in there, man. You're going to see all these different varieties of things and maybe there'll be some big old box. Like, I'm thinking all these things that could potentially be happening in there. They're all the same. All the same, Paris. All same. And I was hoping yeah. you get this tease.
1: Every time you go into one, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. it's starting different. Yeah. It looks different. And it has the same yeah. ending, four out of the times it's like there's yeah. only three different endings you could have and each one you kill three vampires there's no big boss nobody's defending it you just show up and it's just done when i destroyed the so heart or whatever i was there.
4: like all right here they're all gonna come oh yeah, no. yeah. just get out before the thing collapses yeah. oh, i gotta run to the front no there's a door right there mm-hmm. that's yeah. how all right. i
3: felt during the preview i was like i i thought that this would culminate in something larger uh, yep. uh, greg when you were sort of mentioning like just here are some smaller kind of nitpicks um, For me, it's just as a person who loves first-person shooters on mouse and keyboard, I I really dislike when games don't have a separate sensitivity when you're ADS'd, when you're aiming down sights. So, like, I love, uh, obviously, you have an ADS slider, a sensitivity slider, whatever, great. But then when you zoom in, it's always like you have a separate, usually have a separate ADS sensitivity to, like, Oh well now so it's like
4: a small change. Now
3: it's insanely Now it's insanely slow and it just doesn't feel good to ADS. So like that's one thing that I feel like all first-person first-person shooters should have. Um another thing I wanted to bring up was I think it's great that you have fast travel right from the get-go, but I think that that makes a lot of the exploration feel super unimportant. Winter. Yes. Yeah, like I, and it's like, it really is a damned if you do damned if you don't, right? Because there will be a lot of people that say, ah, it takes forever to unlock fast travel if they don't do that. Mm -hmm. But because it is unlocked from the get-go, I feel like so much of it feels unimportant and you are just checking boxes on a a list. And it, it starts to feel like you're not really exploring the world that they want you to explore. So that's like a really tough decision that I'm sure they sort of like debated about like should we give them fast travel immediately because things start to to feel even
2: more unimportant. but go back to something greg was was saying earlier in that this is why almost this is a game that does not need fast travel because the mission structure are basically fetch it quests. so i'm literally pressing a button from the firehouse to fast travel to the spot drop off a thing press the button and i'm right back in the firehouse nothing happened yeah. you're you're you may not even get in in any type of encounter anything you're literally grabbing something retrieving it that's
4: and I, it and i that's think this right. is again where the layered argument comes up and works against the game and probably held it back was the idea that what are you designing and i think they're trying to design a fun multiplayer experience for you and your jabroni boys to go through yep, we'll talk about yep, you skipping yep. cutscenes and yeah. hanging out and so like They're doing that, and then that means the world itself, which looks cool, is hollow, right? It feels like Main Street USA, where this isn't real, and I'm not really doing anything, so why go into every... I'm not going to go into a house unless the mission tells me to go in the house, because the house has nothing... Even the mission house isn't going to have much other than what I need to do for the moment, right? And so then you put fast travel in there to do it, but then it just exposes the seams more of what's going on with the game and why.
1: It's just like, all right, cool. Yeah, I I think the team
3: battled that is right. I wish there were... When we talk about things that we love about Destiny and those sort of like in-game world events, or here's a random field boss that spawns only at this time of night, or and that maybe even be in the game, but I, I haven't really bothered checking because it's just so much easier to fast travel and stuff. But like, there just aren't really any sort of special moments that you can really say, like, oh my god, did you happen to see this and that in the game yes. when you walk by the when you walk by this building at that time. Why, listen for this sound like there's really nothing it's just like no, the it's like just that. bad guy spawns and bad guy spawns and bad guy spawns everywhere you Oh, know? E-
1: even then the world still feels empty right 90% of the time you're going to be running around there will be nothing around you at all right and you want something I want to engage with something I want to get lost in this game and also you know when you talk about the layers repetitiveness right we touched sure. on it before the missions are all fetch quest vibes right every single safe house that you unlock is the same thing hey go find the power generator turn it on. You've unlocked it. Hey, we have one mission per safe house for you to do. It's the exact same mission as you've done at the other ones, right? (laughs) Do that. Hey, guess what? You're going to go fight the vampire underboss. You show up, and it, for some reason, is the easiest fight you've ever encountered. You kill the boss. You're done. It's like we could... not You have this giant open world. You have to figure out how to keep the player engaged, keep the fun going. This isn't just... Copy and paste it five times and call it good, and that's what they got lost. Paris, Paris. I think you
4: have a more interesting statement than I do, so I just want to. A lot of times, it reminded me of like guts in the aggro crag. Of like, open up the safe house by turning on the generator. Shoot the two guys I see. I know there's a third or fourth around the house, but it doesn't benefit me to kill them. So run to the thing, hold the button, boom, it's done. The safe house is unlocked. Go inside, even though they're shooting at me, and i will come out and they're
3: gone. Paris?
2: Well, actually, I was going to transition it more into the actual characters themselves and just another nitpick of mine. And again, this is not anything about the voice actors themselves, because I think they're fine it's the actual dialogue that they're saying. Like I was playing primarily as Layla. It got, it got to the point of being cringy hearing some of the things that, that she was saying just randomly. Like, I think they were trying to be too cool for their own good with this type of character where I don't need to hear about the dust getting in your mouth. Every for the time, every
4: time. It, fucking it, time. How yeah, do I it like it get the dust out much. of my clothes?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, she'd have been better off as a silent protagonist in in that sense, other than cutscenes and obviously story progression. And then just the story itself. Major backseat. Again, again, I get what they're going for. And I was, again, through this entire process of the revealing Redfall to this actual point of us having the game. I love the concept of Redfall. I love the story of what they were doing, but I found myself simply not caring. I just did not care about anything that was happening with these characters, all the characters that, that are in the lighthouse and hearing their stories, nothing ever grabbed me. There was no emotional attachment to anything that was happening in this. And even from the, 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 the vampire standpoint, none of these bosses felt that compelling to me. I, again, I just keep going back to it to say, I just, I didn't care. Ultimately. I, i don't know i I, i'm so bummed as i'm saying this i really am because i really thought i thought so much more of this game during the preview period i really thought man this is going to be such a cool concept like we we debated for the longest is this left for dead is this back for blood oh wait it's more far cry i was like oh man a four-player co-op far cry open world sign me the f up with vampires i'm in and it just didn't land, it just didn't like this would have been better off being a left for dead clone than trying to be ultimately what it didn't live up to as as something that was more far cry
3: yeah I, I think as i'm playing it, I am happy that it's more of a far cry clone because I think that they're but but they just didn't clone enough, you know what I mean? Like the the cloning process was like 60% of the way there. And, and even then I'm not even super stoked on recent Far Cry games, but I'd, I'd rather have that um, sort of, you know, methodology in terms of what game design and how the game design keeps the player involved. Right. When we, when we talk about not caring about the story, I'm with Paris. Like I, I love the idea that these vampires have pushed away the ocean and you are surrounded by just these gigantic tides, and you're unable to leave this area, and they've blocked out the sun. It's such a cool concept on the surface. But when you're playing co-op, you can't get co-op friends to watch a cutscene, much less read any of the 45,000 fucking notes that are around the world. A lot of notes. There are a lot of text, little notes that... Don't yeah. you want
4: to know about the broken popcorn maker, though, with Mike? And, and they're there. Hey, there. I fixed
3: and, it,
1: though. And you fixed it. They, I fixed it, too. I fixed it.
3: Nothing special out of that. Is right. <laughs> and they're there if you want more to read about, right? But it's just like... It's such... Like, that was the last resort as opposed to maybe trying to make cutscenes that are a bit more engaging, you know? Mm-hmm. As opposed to the ones that we get where they are just kind of introducing what the next mission is.
1: Yeah, story in this takes a major backseat very quickly. Right off the rip, story becomes second to anything else in this. And that's, like you said so many times, it looked like this team saw what they wanted but never truly realized that and got to it, right? It's like just Mm -hmm. a mismatch of things that they're like, Throw that on the wall. Okay, what can we do? And it's just the very basic. And it's like, okay, well, you needed to take that and elevate that to the next one. sure. Or you needed to do that and improve upon what we've already seen, right? And I think that's where it really comes down to is when we look at Redfall, it's just a big miss, unfortunately, from this team.
4: One thing I, I just want to drop in because I, I imagine it would come up in the comparison and conversations. Andy said, you know, even the most recent Far Cry, he's not a big fan of, right? I have been. Like, I platinumed Far Cry. Oh, I Far love Cry. Far Cry. Yeah, that yeah I, Far Cry 6 was the last Far one. Far Cry right? 6, yeah, yeah. very good. Platinum did during my paternity leave a couple years ago, right? Had a great time with it. And I think one of the things I loved about it is something that is the same reason I loved GTA San Andreas and the one save I had, which was I felt... The gameplay loop of, all right, what am I doing today? I'm taking down this base, so I'm going to pick up my little helicopter, fly in, drop in maybe on a parachute. Maybe I'll land. Maybe I'll stealth. Maybe I'll use this gun. Maybe I'll use the fire. Oh, there's that thing to explode. It felt like sandboxy of like, all right, cool. Like I like the mechanics of this game. How will I use them to take out this objective, right, this problem? And that worked for me in Far Cry. That was a great gameplay loop in Far Cry. What Redfall doesn't have is that gameplay loop Mm -hmm. because, again, like I'm saying, it was like, all right, I'll fast travel to that thing. There's no reason for me to fight anybody, so I'll sprint past them. If there's a vampire, I'll fight them because they can actually catch up to me. But everybody else, I'll get there and then I'll try to stealth in. But if they see me, I'll just pistol everybody in the head. Maybe I'll run into the room and just shotgun them as they come through the door. That was how, and that was every encounter.
2: Yeah, Paris. Yeah, again, when we when we talk about Arcane and we 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 think of their their legacy with things like Dishonored and being able to t- attack scenarios different ways. I was really trying to do that early on to kind of Greg's point. Like I think of one scenario specifically where you had to get in this room, but I didn't have the key and I didn't know where the hell the key was. So I looked around sure enough, you could come up through the roof and there was a, you know, and there was a a door you could go through and you could get in that way without the key. Cool. So there's alternatives. Well, later in the game, same exact scenario, you needed a key to get in this door and i don't know where the key is so then i'm thinking outside the box well maybe i can go outside there's a window or something and they purposely barricaded everything so you had absolutely no choice i know the exact mission cuz I, I just got to it i just got to this mission and i go and i go this isn't this isn't what i want from arcane i don't want that kind of linear you're you're forcing me down one path i want to be able to think outside the box and find unique ways to solve you know whatever it is and this this game does it a little bit but not enough not enough from what you expect from arcane unfortunately so I don't know. I keep saying I'm disappointment. Yeah. Uh, we can but, wrap but it up. I like yeah. I was going to say that's <laughs>
1: yeah. where we're going to end that. Unfortunately, it is a disappointment in all of our eyes. There was a lot of goods that could have been. there's a lot of bads, unfortunately, that just don't make it a fun arcade game. But of course, down in the comments down below, when you get your hands on this, thanks to game pass, let us know what you think of Redfall. And of course, I got a fun one for you because after a word from our sponsors, we're going to come back with the team over at turn 10 to talk about Forza Motorsports and how they're making that the most accessible game to date for their squad. We'll see you back here in just a little bit.
0: Shout out to Honey for sponsoring this episode. Honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. And we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money. Honey's the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons, you wait a few seconds as the Honey Guide dances it searches for coupons it can find for the site, and if it finds a working coupon, you will watch the prices drop. We hear it Kinda of Funny you have been using Honey for years, and it has literally saved us thousands on tech, costumes, food, you name it. Honestly, I just love how easy it is to set, forget, and save. Honey doesn't just work on desktops, it also works on your iPhone. You just activate it on Safari on your phone, save on the go. And if you don't already have Honey, you can be straight up missing out. By getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. You can get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny. That's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use. Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right, you, you, Going to rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny. R O C K E T M O N E Y.com slash kinda funny.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome. back to the kind of funny X cast. Of course, we got a very special interview for all of you. We're sitting down with some of the team members from Turn 10 to talk all things Forza and how they're elevating accessibility in their game. And we got a really fun one here because I got Brandon Cole sitting down right next to me, who's going to talk about how he helped this team over at Turn 10 elevate their game. And of course, we have Neha from the team to talk as well. So, Neha, I'll start with you. Of course, welcome in representing Turn 10 Studios. Let's talk about Forza and what we're doing, and then let's get to Brandon and how he helped the team.
5: Absolutely. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Neha Chintala. I'm a gameplay plan accessibility producer. I'm partnering very closely with our audio team, um, as well as Brandon, to bring uh, our accessibility features to life within Forza.
1: Very awesome stuff. Yeah. Brandon, what about yourself? Tell me a little bit about yourself, Brandon.
6: Well, uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Brandon Cole. I'm a professional accessibility consultant. I specialize in total blind accessibility. Uh, before this, I have been known primarily for my work on The Last of Us 2 and The Last of Us Part 1, uh, making that game accessible to totally blind. Uh, that, that, is, that is what I do. I make games accessible for the blind, and that's what I did with Forza as well. Uh, worked with the team to make the most blind accessible
1: Forza experience of all time. Wow. Big claim right there and exciting stuff, Brandon. Of course, oh, Neha, yeah. let's talk with you and Brandon about this. Let's start off with the blind driving assists and what this team is doing to elevate that. And then we'll dive into all the accessibility that you guys yes. are putting into this game, but let's start off with blind driving assists.
5: Sure. Um, I can give a quick overview. Um, our, our blind driving assist system was designed in partnership with Brandon uh, to make our game truly blind accessible. Um, it contains a, a large suite of various different audio cues and assists that players can customize at their own will um, to really craft that experience to make it um, truly theirs and and use whatever assists are necessary for them um, Brandon can give you all the all the in-depth details there, So yeah. I'll pass it to yeah. you yeah.
6: definitely yeah. definitely uh, so the the suite of features that this that compose the blind driving assist it's, it's not it is not just one thing it is, it is a whole bunch of things that work together with each other. Uh, we have everything from steering guide, which essentially uses a panning system, panning the audio from left to right, the audio of your car engine uh, from left to right, based on the direction you have to turn, just to kind of allow you to to hear, quote unquote, feel that turn and how 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 you know steep the gradient is of the turn, you know how how sharply you have to turn and uh, how long you have to turn and so on and so forth. We have deceleration cues that that give you an idea of when to slow down to go into a turn. We have track limit cues that give you an idea of where the edges of the track are. Um, the The point is to give you an idea of how narrow the track is, and also to give you some understanding of your position on the track. A lot of this, the thing, the thing to note here is the key is the key here is information. What we wanted to do is give the blind player as much information as we possibly could uh, to give them an equivalent experience to a sighted player. And you know, it's something that that we're continuing to iterate on even now.
1: Pretty amazing oh. stuff.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll jump in there. For, first and foremost, thank you both for uh, taking a few minutes to talk to us about about these features. We got to see a video of you doing this in action, yeah. And, and, yeah. and it was was great, great, great to see and to kind of understand how that would would, would happen for someone that is a blind gamer, or has low vision to be able to still play. Forza, it's almost said Forza Horizon oh, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> to say Forza Motorsport, you know, was, was fantastic. But another feature that was also a part of this is the one touch driving. Can you kind of elaborate on that as well?
5: I can take that one. Um, yes. Brandon, if you have any additional details, you're welcome to do That's it. That's definitely a Neha question. <laughs> <laughs> our, our one-touch driving system, um, similar to Black Driving Assist, is a collection of features. Um, it is not just one-touch driving. There's not a mode that you go and, and turn that on, um, but truly utilizes various different driving assists that we have in the game, that we have improved in the game, and we have added to the game. And so um, it's really exciting to say that for the first time, ABRU, first time ever, we are able to enable one-touch driving for our players um, should they choose to use it. And so it uses a combination of things like steering, throttle, which is new, um, as well as braking assists so that players can choose to use as little or as many of those assists as they would like uh, to get around the track. Um, And this this really helps support players um, who have low mobility and um, choose to use those so they can focus on whichever part of controlling the car that you choose to do. Um, and it also even can help uh, players and gamers that just want to focus on mastering one thing at a time, such as the right time to brake and how to steer um, and build upon those skills so that you can continue to improve your lap times and get better at the game.
1: Very cool stuff right there. And there's a lot that goes into this, of course, Turn 10 elevating Forza Motorsport with the accessibility side. It's so much to talk about. You're adding so much more to that as well, Neha. There's a number of different things that you guys are adding on that side of things. I want to talk about that and then I want to get back to Brandon because that video was so good, Brandon. We need to talk about that. But I want to talk about, of course, Xbox pushing accessibility to the forefront, working with people in the community, just like Brandon, pulling them in. What was that like for your team to reach out to the community and of course use the xbox accessibility uh handbook what was some of that in the making of this game
5: absolutely um you know really starting on at the beginning of our development process um we we wanted to make our game as accessible as possible we created roles and teams um to facilitate that discussion um, even with working with the xbox the larger xbox game studios um, and our xbox accessibility team um, partnering with them reading through the xbox accessibility guidelines and figuring out which and how many of these we could bring into our game um, it really is a good framework um, and you even mentioned it, it's kind of like a handbook um, to get people to learn more about these features and systems um, i referenced are our guidelines all the time in trying to determine um, how to implement something or, or which, which user scenarios it helps support. And so having that framework there in place and then coming up with our baseline for what we wanted to do here at Turn 10, um, it was a really nice guide to, to use. And then bringing that on, working with different folks within the studio um, and outside of the studio as well. Like you mentioned our, our larger gaming and disability community and bringing them in um, has been instrumental uh, in getting our features to where they are today. Early in inception, we worked with um, our larger teams to have inclusive design sprints and accessibility, deep dives, um, and bring in folks uh, and gamers that were passionate about racing games as well as sports and motorsport to figure out what sort of features we could we could build for them, um, as well as figuring out what their pain points are, what things they loved, and truly like start thinking about all the different things we could bring into the game.
1: That's really impressive. And Brandon, that's where I want to bring you in, of course, coming in from the community side to help consult on a game like this. Of course, we talk about racing games. What were some of the pinch points that you've seen before in racing games? And what did you talk about with the team of like, hey, how do we address this and get over this to make turn 10 and Forza that much better?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this This question is, is one of my favorites uh, because it lets me talk about uh, my previous experience with Forza Horizon 5. Um, Forza Horizon 5 is a game that is, rightfully so, heralded for its accessibility. It did great things for accessibility. It, it had the one-touch driving. It did the ASL implementation, and that was all of that was wonderful. But in my opinion, and I will I will preface this by saying that I have very high standards. But in my opinion, Forza Horizon 5 wasn't the blind accessible racing game that I wanted. Um, it is it is technically playable, and I know people that play it. I know people that play FM7 as well, um, using the basically they're using the One Touch system. Uh, and to me, that wasn't enough. To me, that wasn't uh, that wasn't the experience that I wanted to give to the blind community. So my approach, my entire approach heading into this, was control. And I passionately uh, let everyone know around turn ten that I wanted to give the blind user. The control of their vehicle that a sighted user had. I wanted to allow them to make it around the track, give them the information they needed to not only make it around the track, but complete races, get those first place victories, and you know move on and just you know improve their lap times, improve the performance over time. I wanted to give them that experience, and that's what I think we've done here.
2: No, you absolutely have. I, I again going back to the video um, that we had a, had a chance to preview that's what we saw in action with you yeah. doing that you were in complete control of what was happening yeah. while you were you know racing around the track which kind of brings me to something else and either one of you should, could be able to answer this for me is just how are you using audio in forza motorsport to kind of help enable some of that control that that you're having in that video
6: yeah i i'll, I'll take this one too uh just yeah. because it's 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 audio and it's it's a So there's a lot of things. Some of them I've already touched on a little bit already, uh, but I'll kind of just go over uh, briefly. So every audio cue is very distinct. And that was one of the first things that we discussed is that the audio cues need to be distinct from each other so they could be easily identified and not blend in to each other and, and, you know, break things, Um, you know, break the uh, overwhelm the over overwhelm the player was was the fear there. Um, but so everything is distinct and there's also different types of audio cues too. So, uh, one of the, one of the good examples of this is the turn cue system, which identifies the turn you're approaching, tells you what kind of turn it is. This is it a left turn? Is it a right turn? And then gives you a, a sharpness number from one to six. It's kind of like rally, uh, based, uh, feedback, like kind of like, uh, someone in your, in your ear, giving you these, these turn directions, um, from one to six is sharpness. One is the sharpest six is the least sharp, um. And then of course, there's hairpin turns too, which are actually sharper than ones. But you know, we use hairpins in a special in special cases just because they're they're very very tight turns. But the, so you have that first. Then you have for you know this. I'll give you an example of basically the way a turn would go. So you have the turn cue identifying the turn first. Let's say it's a I don't know a left three. Then you have the countdown to that turn, which basically is uh, hand marked up um, audio emitters essentially that will give you a countdown, uh, three three countdown sounds that indicate the turn is coming up, the turn is coming up, okay, the turn is here. And so then you start taking the turn. The panning of the steering guide then helps you make that turn by letting you know what your position is relative to the, the racing line uh, with, with audio panning, with stereo panning. So you hear the, the panning go left and you move left into it to recenter yourself. And that's how you know you're on the racing line. Um, as you're turning, you're hearing what we call turn gates. And those turn gates are basically uh, different points of the turn. There's the start of the turn, kind of the opening of the turn. There's a second turn gate at the apex of the turn, which we put in there because we figured it would be nice to know when you could start kind of revving the engine again, when, you, when, you, when you're coming out of the turn. And then there's one at the very end to, to indicate the turn is finally complete. Uh, we do this for sequences of turns as well. Uh, and of course, on top of all this, we have the deceleration cues for when you're, you're heading into the turn, you're, you're slowing down, you're heading into the turn and the track limit cues, which, again, are giving you ideas of where the track edges are the whole time, yeah. so you always know where you are in relation to the edge of the track. So it's it's a lot of different things, but I promise you, it works really well. And there, on top of all those things, there's narration as well. And I can't tell you how cool our narration system is. I know Neha agrees, because we've had this discussion already. <laughs> uh, our narration system is really, really good. Um, we have probably, in my opinion, we have the absolute best narration system in any video game ever. There's no there's no video game that I know of that gives you as many customization options for what is narrated and how it's narrated than our game does. So it's pretty it's all it's all a bunch of things working together and it's it's really amazing to
5: behold. I think hearing all that it's safe to say that audio is really monumental to this experience. Yes, <laughs> um, yes it is every every part of it utilizes audio. Um, the audio team is is the driving Uh, factor here. And so um, the immersion that we get through Forza's audio, which I believe the game is renowned for, um, and hearing all that immersion together and really taking this to the next level through our blind driving assist system, our narration, as Brandon mentioned, as well as our new um, descriptive uh, audio descriptions that we will be putting in. I meant to say dynamic audio
6: descriptions. (laughs) Dynamic, yes.
2: What kind of a side note on on that, because even again I keep going back to the video. I, I thought that was very helpful in kind of understanding how, how this new mode is going to work. And you even mentioned it when you were just talking about you you were very aware when you were on the edge, you know, uh, of the track. Um how does any of the controller feedback uh help with that or assist with, with any of that as, as you go through, you know, racing through the game?
6: The greatest thing is that it all connects. Like every mm-hmm. everything is helpful. The the controller feedback, especially because you have the vibration feedback you know the haptic yeah. feedback when you're on those uh on the the tire things that make your you know make, <laughs> tire you know, things the, 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 i don't know what they are i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah here i'll be honest with you and and by the way this this segues very nicely into uh into a good point that i like to make with these interviews uh i i'm typically not a racing guy right uh i'm actually not and i, and I 100% and uh the point that i like to 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 talk about here is that one of the things that we're designing for is other blind people like myself that number one may not have played a racing game before, but that's only the half of it. Maybe some of them have, maybe some of them have played audio games. There's, there's audio only racing games that exist out there. Uh, Not nearly to this, this scope and scale, but they do exist. Um, And also, you know, some people might, may have messed around with Forza Horizon five and messed around with Forza Motorsport seven with the, the one touch driving and all that stuff. But this is, this is something brand new because the fact that we're giving players that control, that level of control that, that I sought after, means that we have to learn things about cars we never had to learn before. Because even though you know I've been in many cars in my life, I've never driven a car. So I had to learn things about cars themselves and how cars right. actually worked to do my job properly. I will tell you right now, when I started this project, I had no idea that you are supposed to slow down when you're, you're making a turn in a racing game. Right. I legitimately believed that it, it's a racing game. Aren't you supposed to go fast all the time? <laughs> as fast as possible all the time? So, you know, that's just one. That's just one thing I've learned. But uh, but yes, and, to, and to go back to your question, I just think it's a really important point to make. Um, but to go back to your question, yes, every piece of feedback is important. Uh, even, even the feedback that isn't, expi- you know, specifically accessibility feedback. We have uh, audio for... Driving past things very quickly, like if you're on a straightaway and you're and there's a whole bunch of things on the side of the track and you're driving past them and it's a blur of motion. There's audio that indicates that that's happening, and so that that's part of it too. That 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 helps to build the immersion for the blind player, including myself. I'm very I'm very proud of that audio.
1: As you should. I remember be.
5: when we. Sorry, go, go ahead. Go for
1: it, Neha. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting.
5: <laughs> I was just gonna say that that even the the audio that. Brandon is referencing right there. I remember working with the team early on to figure out like how do we simulate the sense of speed Um, and even doing early prototypes of that and getting that in so that Mm -hmm. everyone can experience it for, for what it is.
1: Wow. Uh, I'm really excited about this. I know it's so encouraging and inspiring to hear stuff like this, especially coming from Brandon. And that's where I want to go with you, Brandon. Of course, you talk about this being so new, right? And so many players are now going to have the opportunity to jump into this and try this, whether they be blind or low vision impaired. What are some of the tips? Of course, it's a major learning curve, right? I'm sure you've experienced that. What are some of the tips for first-time players to not get discouraged and continue to try and learn and have fun with this game?
6: yeah I think I think the biggest tip I'll give you right now is we have a great uh, a great bunch of previews in the game they're built right into the game where you can go to these options and you know you can look at all the accessibility options and go through them and listen to a preview of each one and what it sounds like. You can learn what the sound cues sound like before you actually get out on the track and, and use them. So definitely use those but also we have these these little audio uh, kind of explanations of each thing. Um, and those those will, those will kind of give you, you know, I, I talked about a lot of systems uh, a few minutes ago, a lot of different systems working together, and those little previews will give you an explanation of what each system is. And it is, you know, it's admittedly not the same thing as, you know, it's it's still going to take a while. It's still a very large learning curve. I totally get that. It was for me too. It took me a long time to even feel comfortable on track, 100%. But you can get there. Um, also, do not hesitate Feel free to use as many assists as you feel you need until you don't need them anymore. Um, and that that actually applies to our audio systems too. The interesting thing is the customization of our game, the customizability of our game applies to everything including the audio cues and the audio all the, all the blind driving assists I've already talked about, it applies to them too. I've actually reached a point now where you know, you, you heard them in the video, but I've reached a point now where I actually don't typically drive with the turn cues on anymore because I don't feel I need them anymore, which is a really interesting place to be. Yeah. But those features are still there for anyone who does and those features are still there as long as you want them, as long as you need them. You can have as much information as you want. And uh you know, if if you need to use more of the steering assist, those are there too. You know, make make it easier to steer, make it easier to brake. Whatever you need to to, to kind of ease yourself into the game. Um and we're, you know, we're doing our best to to onboard as much as possible to provide as much information and explanation as we can, but Yes, all the systems are there for you to experiment with and try things out. Um, whatever you need, it's perfectly fine. Play your way.
5: Yeah. yeah I, uh,
2: please go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt.
5: Just going to say that we're really proud of our accessibility settings menu. Yeah. We have we have a large suite of, of features, both including all of our blind driving assists, um, our narrator customization, which which is, quite frankly, a really verbose system um, that allows you to change your verbosity um, in many different areas and choose which parts of narration um, you would like to hear uh, and really select that information to customize it to you, um, as well as the, the audio, the audio um, settings, which we, we truly have full audio customization where you can um, change the volume levels of, of various groups of audio um, so that you can focus on the information that is provided to you in whatever way that you perceive it the best way.
6: Just, just to just to go into that Neha really briefly, just to mm-hmm. just kind of get into it even further. I just, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like we should clarify that when Neha is saying that, what she means is, if you want to, you can change the individual pitch and volume of every single one of the audio cues I just described individually. <laughs> so, it's a really great system. Just yeah, I,
2: I, I think absolutely, and I think that actually just goes right into what I was about to say previously. Uh, just going into something you're saying before Brandon. In my own ignorance, it, it, I wasn't even thinking of the fact that so many people will go into this game not even really knowing how to drive a car. Not, not they, even knowing how a car to. works. It, even. Exactly. Yeah. Not thinking about that. So hearing everything that you've been saying about this, this is actually a, very, a great teachable moment at the same time as being an accessible moment to yeah. introduce so many people, not only into just Forza, but to show that, hey, this is kind of the template now that... Gaming is truly for everybody, you know, here's a roadmap now on how to make things more accessible. So when I think about the tagline that this is the most accessible Forza ever, ever, I mean, it truly is. So I'm, I'm very impressed by this.
6: It's interesting you bring the the, the uh, gaming is for everybody uh, thing up because when I, uh, when, before, when I, when I was getting into this project, uh, before I got this job, um, I did a talk with a bunch of Xbox uh, game devs. And uh, I, it, was, it was a very candid talk. And the, the candidness that I approached the talk with was why I got the job, because I was very upfront uh, and open about the fact that I felt that on Xbox, blind accessibility was not where it needed to be. Um, and one of the lines that I used when I did that uh, was that gaming isn't for everybody until it is. Right. And so, you know, this, 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 this thing we're doing with Forza is, in my opinion, a tremendous stride towards that.
1: Really great stuff and exciting (laughs) stuff right around the corner, too. And it's been awesome to be able to share some time and go a little more in depth with this brand new system that you guys are bringing to, of course, Forza Motorsport and hopefully beyond that into the Xbox ecosystem. So I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us on this fun, lovely chat about Forza Motorsport and what they're doing to elevate accessibility. Brandon, give me a quick recap. Where can everybody find you, learn more about you and all the awesome stuff you're doing in the gaming world?
6: Oh yeah, I'm I'm really easy to find. Uh on basically every social media thing, I am Super Blind Man. So twitter.com/superblindman, <laughs> youtube.com/superblindman, twitch.tv/superblindman. Just look for Super Blind Man, you'll find me. Uh brandoncole.net is my official website as well. I can not I not only is my blog there, but you can actually hire me directly from there too. So, you know, in case you're a game developer that wants to work on accessibility. <laughs>
1: Just there you there. go. I love that, Brandon. And it was a pleasure to meet you. Uh, congratulations Absolutely, on yeah. all your hard work. And it's really yes, awesome to see that live and in person watching that video. I cannot wait for the future. So thank you for what you do. Neha, of course, thank you for joining us from the Turn 10 team. Is there anything you'd like to share with us before we go, whether it be about accessibility or the game, whenever that's coming?
5: I'll just say I'm really excited to to share um, and bring these accessibility features to, to the larger gamer Base. Um we're really excited. Uh we have tons of features that are coming out. I know we only touched on a couple of them um today in today's session, but there's there's going to be a ton you can wait. Stay tuned for more updates there. Yeah.
6: Perfect.
1: That's perfect way to end that. Stay tuned for more updates. Of course, this is a very cool feature coming your way with Forza Motorsport. You can learn more about it. They have the Xbox blog post up right now. Of course, Brandon has a very in depth video as well with that blog post, where you can watch that and see it live and in person. And that will really change your view about what you see and how they've done this in such a great way. But Forza Motorsport will be on the way later on. We'll all get to experience that. We got to jump back into the show with more XCast news. We'll see you on a little bit. Goodbye. Hey, hope you enjoyed that interview with the team over at Turn Ten Studios.
4: Great job, guys! It was a great interview. I was riveted the entire time, and I was so happy Gary wasn't
3: on
1: it. Yes, Gary was oh, not. That was the it. best part. <laughs> <laughs> and we're excited for you to get behind the wheel of Forza Motorsport very, very soon. But of course, this has been today's kind of funny Xcast. Hope you enjoyed our review and impressions of Redfall. Share in the comments down below if you jump in and what your early impressions and thoughts are. And of course. Keep an eye out because this Wednesday we have a very special episode. I have a lot of big details to share with you on Tuesday afternoon over on Twitter and KFGD. So if you're watching early, guess what? You got some excitement to wait for next time. We'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye.